0: Hello and welcome to episode 94 of TLDR podcast. We're looking to give you a really great episode today because we're a couple of days late. If you're an avid listener, a weekly listener, you know that typically this episode comes out on a Tuesday, but it's now Wednesday and we're just recording. You want to know why? You know, I'll tell you why. Because Tyler is a degenerate <laughs> and he was stuck in Vegas gambling with all his money. Yeah. He couldn't get a plane ride home or a car ride home because he was spending too much money in Vegas. Yeah. So you have to delay a couple more days until he got his money back. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a true story. The yep. Question yeah. is how did he get his money back? He, uh, he, he he stripped. He was on the corner working working the corners, doing <laughs> yeah. his thing with his little twig <laughs> ass body.
1: Fair as much.
0: There's but for the, Tyler. Well, there's why, are no we for it. why were you in Vegas? Why were we in Vegas? Uh
1: yeah, end of a super long road trip with 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 baseball. Uh we were in San Diego over the weekend. Then we had less than 24 hours at home until we picked right back up, went on the road to Vegas, uh, had a Monday Tuesday series there in UNLV split it went went uh, one and one with that with those guys that place is one of the craziest places i've ever seen a baseball game at because it's it's the, obviously the air is so dry and the wind just blows straight out to the outfield um, i think we scored both teams scored a combined 60 runs in the 60? two games 60 60 zero. Six, zero. holy
2: shit dude yeah, i
1: think i think the first game <laughs> the first game we won 16 to 12 i think and then the second game, we lost 21 to 11. Holy. Oh my
2: fuck. God. Yeah.
1: So a uh, lot of runs, a lot of. Is home that runs. normal for that
2: st- arena or stadium? or whatever? Yeah.
1: UNLV, their baseball team is the best offensive team in the country. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that just that ballpark and where they're at in, in that environment obviously helps that a little bit. Um, so it was very interesting. It was, it, it, if you like offense, go to a UNLV game. Uh, if, you, if you like pitching, don't ever go to UNLV. Game. It's, uh, it's definitely a very unique place to watch a baseball game. Um, like I said, lots of runs. It was, it was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, it was cool, but uh, happy to be back. Uh, but obviously, we delayed it a little bit here, so I appreciate the boys adjusting their schedules to allow us to get this episode in for you guys.
0: And Tyler also went to a baseball game today because today was his day off.
1: I did. Yeah, I went was to a Dodger that, game. First Dodger game of this of the 2022 season. Uh was joking like, you know, I, I spend my d- my day off working baseball by going to a baseball game. That's just that's just how much I love baseball, I guess. But uh it, it was great to be at Dodger Stadium. I mean, that's it, it's just it's so much fun. I mean, obviously you, there, there's months of the winter, you know, that go by without you being able to go. So, um, it was fun to go. So, uh Jess and I got to go to a game today. Beautiful day for a game. I mean, it was like, you it know, it was a nice day. Beautiful Uh, a little bit of cloudy, but it wasn't too cold. wasn't too hot. I mean, gorgeous day to be outside. So I was kind of happy. It was, it was a day game. Sometimes those day games can be a a, a little hot and uncomfortable, but not today, man. It was gorgeous out there. Uh, Had a few beers, hot dogs, that, that normal stuff got to walk around the stadium and enjoy the sights. That was a five to one win um, over the Braves. So it was awesome.
0: Good stuff. And uh, yeah, he got back from Vegas from stripping. Yep that's First story. Story there yep <laughs> trading on the other hand got back from nashville when the boys took over nashville trading tell us all about it man oh well when you're about to get married you go take
2: over nashville right james um, Absolutely. Brought, brought you and uh you know eight others with us um including my dad's dad's plural um which was which was a blast i mean i mean james you you were there i mean First of all, I think Nashville kicks Las Vegas's ass, and I've said that to every single person that's said that asked me how it is. Um, even my colleague at work is like, "Why is it better than Vegas?" Of course, he's a degenerate gambler and he's an asshole, so that's fine. Just like um, Tyler. I'm just kidding, I'm yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but um, no, you know, look, Nashville is something else. I mean, it. You know, there, there's a bar with tons of mu- there's bars with tons of music, no cover charges to get inside any of the any of the um, bars, which is insane i mean when when you say that to anybody they're like what are you talking about i mean we've been to new orleans james cover charge everywhere and that had live music uh we've las vegas has cover charges so um and even la even even here in la has uh cover charges i mean even though we're not huge nightlife people um you know nashville is just something else if you if you if you love country music you got it you got to go check it out um, we went to go see the uh, the Oilers play the Predators, which was quite a game. If you're an Oilers fan, um, if you're a Predators fan, you probably didn't really give a shit because it was. Really or if you're bad. Mike and
0: Scott, who just it, fell
2: asleep. Yeah, it was Classic. really bad. It was really bad, but um, but the but the boys put on a, a complete game from from the net out, and that is just what you need going into the postseason. So you know, I, I was feeling great. I mean, as I told you, James, and I'll tell everybody on this podcast it is better it, it was a better bachelor party than i could have expected
0: um and and that's that it was a hell of a time ladies and gentlemen if you can ever go to nashville go to nashville and uh, if you want take eric with you because eric got absolutely waffled on i think on like friday night or something and he was talking it's also about the stars and the moon and the sun and how he's an expert on it <laughs> so if you want to learn about the stars the moon and the sun and just astrology as a actually whole. that was game night that was the that was the night we went. Through, that was Thursday night, right? Yeah. Th- oh, Thursday night. Yep. <laughs> the, Friday night was wow. early.
2: We we all oh we God. all uh, we all
0: packed it in on on Friday night because we had to get up early next day. Not really. Just trading got way too drunk. Gotta to take him home. So we uh, we took scooters back and put it, traded it inside a Uber to nice. send him on his way. It was a good time. Scooters, super fun. If you can take one, take one. Just not at night when you're drunk because you might get hit by a car. And they but yes, what car. you did. But that's what I did. It was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> do as it. I say, not as I do, right? Exactly. All right. Learn from experience. Learn from me. Don't make the same mistakes I did. Let me make them for you. That's what this podcast is for, you know? Boom. <laughs> Just the big things in life. Yep. All right. Let's get into the show here, guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for staying along so far. So far, we've learned A, Tyler strips and got stuck in Vegas. And B, Shane's getting married to Kylie in about five weeks and went to Nashville, had a great time. Tyler missed out because he had work in Vegas. Cool. We're <laughs> all caught up. That's called looping. All right. Yeah, looping. <laughs> Tyler's gonna start off today. He's gonna lead off with his MLB yeah. section. His <laughs> oh DAMS. There we go, Ty. I saw you, buddy. <laughs> I got that little pun there.
1: Uh love that. All right. Oh damn, we're we're into we got our first full week of MLB action last week. Um, so you know, teams are getting at it, you know. Uh hopefully you guys read the the power rankings. Um a little bit of, of Few surprise teams, a few teams that aren't on there, which we'll kind of get into a little bit later. But I want to start off with one of the most controversial things that happened last week uh, Clayton Kershaw, this guy, you know, he surefire sure, sure, Hall of Famer coming back from uh, an elbow injury last year. His first start of the 2022 season uh, was perfect through seven innings in his start against the Minnesota Twins. Uh, he was pulled after seven innings, only through 80 pitches. Um, this was kind of planned going in. Obviously, there, he had a pitch count. This being his first start, short in spring training, coming off and off an elbow injury, that had nothing to do with the performance and nothing to do with how he was feeling. It was pretty much he had a pitch. Ca- it had a had a pitch count cap, probably right around 80 pitches. Um, but obviously, throwing a perfect game. There's only been 23 perfect games in all of MLB history. Um, a lot of people were upset that Clayton Kershaw got pulled and even though there was the, the, the health plan going into it, trying to keep him healthy um, by limiting the pitch count and kind of easing him back into, to, to, I guess, full go. Um, a lot of people were so upset. A lot of people thought they should have he should have stayed in. Um, there's a lot of people saying, you know, agree with the decision that, you know, it's, it's good for him to, you know, uh, been pulled there because you're looking out for the overall season. We want Clayton Kershaw healthy for October. we rather see him pitch in the world series than pitch a perfect game in April. So there's been, there's a lot of opinions around this. So I want to get everyone else's opinion about it. Um, you know, it's, I, I would say I've seen pretty 50 50 on this, but let's, let's, let's see what the boys think trading kind of your thoughts on this decision. Do you agree with the decision or just how do you feel? Like, do you think, you know, it's a disservice to the fans that he got pulled? Do you, are you kind of saying eh, about it? I mean, kind of where, where, where do you stand on this whole thing?
2: Yeah. that This is actually interesting because we were in Nashville when this happened, I believe James. Um, and yep. at first, at first I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is ridiculous. How, how, how can you, how can you do that? And then you kind of get some sense from, you know, experienced friends that are involved and you kind of think about it and it's like, was anybody surprised? I mean, look, the, do you, ch- Tyler, I know that, I know that you, you know, a huge Dodger guy, you, you're, you're a pitcher. So, so a perfect game means a lot to you. What means more to you? Clayton Kershaw getting a f- fucking perfect game in April or winning the world series. I'm going to yeah. say that you're winning the world series is going to take the cake 10 times out of 10. Yeah. And if, if it means having to pull Clayton Kershaw, one of the best to ever do it off of, off of his mound after he's pitched eight 80 pitches in a shortened spring with a guy who was out a lot of the season because he was injured so that he could be healthy for the remainder of the season or the end of the season or the postseason. I'm sorry. He just got to do it. I mean, it, it, it sucks. I know that I know that the, the perfect game is so, is so amazing and so, uh, so coveted, but you, you, they, for, for what, for, 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 a, for a change, I think Roberts uh, was Roberts looked, looked out for his team and looked out for the longevity of his, of his, one of his aces and he did what he needed to do.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's like I said, that's definitely one side of the argument there. Uh, James, do you, do you agree with what Trayton says, or do you think that they should have just said, screw all that health bullshit and go for history?
0: Okay. So truthfully I do agree with Traden says, but I'd like to explore the other side of it. Just to make things interesting here. Were you really as a Dodgers fan counting on Clayton Kershaw to be healthy the entire season? Were you? Probably not because he hasn't done that in a while. He's been injured in and out the lineup. So he's kind of like, if he's going to get injured, he's going to get injured. It is what it is. Clayton Kershaw's resume is insane. He's done so many things, won so many awards, won a World Series. The one thing he hasn't done is have a perfect game. Why don't you let him do it? And I get, yeah, he's hasn't been a full, sp- full spring, hasn't worked up to his full workload yet. But he's also a vet. He can manage that, dude. He's not like some young gun who – just throws hundred miles per hour every single time. Like uh, one of the guys who played against the Dodgers was one of the Braves guys. Uh, I think it was, but he was, he threw 39 pitches at hundred plus. He's not that guy. Clayton Kershaw can place pitches where he needs it to be and can throw a little bit slower and not really damage his elbow as much as you think he, he would. It is possible. You just never know. And if he get if he gets perfect game, that's amazing. That's cool. If he doesn't get a perfect game and gets hurt, He was going to get hurt anyway. Come on, let's be real here. Like, he's not making it through a full season with his age and his health issues throughout his career. There's a reason why he only signed for a one-year extension. He wasn't signed multiple years because they can't count on him. That's not going to happen. He's going to get injured no matter what anyway. You should have let him pitch a perfect game. Let him make history. And, I mean, like, (laughs) I don't really know much about this entire thing, but Shohei today against the Astros had a perfect game through six. He gave up a hit in the sixth inning or the seventh inning, and then Joe Madden comes out today and he's like, if Shohei was still doing a perfect game, he would not have pulled him. And this is coming from a guy who has played every single game so far as a hitter or a pitcher, and Joe Madden comes out today and says, I wouldn't have pulled him if he had a perfect game. doesn't matter what his pitch count was going to be at. If he had a perfect game, I would not have pulled him. And I get that Shohei's a lot younger, but Shohei has actually has a lot more workload this year so far than Clayton Kershaw has, and he would have left him in. Make history.
1: Yeah, uh, it's again, it's really good points on both sides. For me, I'm honestly really torn about it from obviously the job I do the, working a lot with baseball players and pitchers coming back from, especially coming back from injury, not even just building up for the season, but coming back from an injury. I totally get it. And I'm totally on board with that decision for pulling him early. I get, I understand it. I think oh, it, it's, it was the smart thing to do now, but as a fan, when I was watching that live and he didn't go back out for the eighth inning, I was upset. I wanted to see that happen. I got those. I haven't seen Clayton Kershaw pitch that dominantly in a while. Like probably since that 2014 MVP season he's had, right? Where he where, where he where he threw his 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 no hitter. He looked amazing. And like I said, at this point in his career, he's only gonna have a very small number of those games where he's truly dominating like that again. Like, it's not going to be every time like it used to be. Because there was a period of about four or five years there were Clayton Kershaw, every time he went out, you're like, he could throw a perfect game today, like every single game, right? Um, now, now it's like, you're not really expecting that from him anymore. So the fact that he was able to do that on his first start of the year and it didn't happen, and the pitch count was at 80, and you're thinking like, that's a beautiful pitch count normally if he's full go, right? One of the best arguments I heard was that you know, Clayton Kershaw, they should have let Clayton Kershaw at least try and go for it. Obviously, if he had like if he went back for the eighth and he had a 20 pitch inning or whatever it was, or even gave up a hit on the first batter or, or, or whatever, perfect game's gone. Obviously, pull him. But how do you like, let's just say, hypothetically, he throws a perfect game, throws 100 pitches. Right. Either a you can skip his next start or have him start and throw two innings. Right. But then, so then when that way, the load is still managed in a way that's, you know, acceptable and he's still building up and not doing too much too soon. Um, but he also got a chance to chase history. It's, it's, it's a tough one guys. Like I, I really am truly torn by it. Like I said, I do think it was the right decision. It was the smart decision, but from a fan's perspective, it sucks. Like it, it just sucks. Like you wanted to see that happen. I wanted to see it happen. I was, my initial reaction was I was upset by it.
0: You no, know, the thing is, sorry, Tyler. The okay. thing is, real fast. Yeah. Sometimes the right decision isn't the right decision. Let's look at the Rays, for example. They do the right decision all the time, and yet that hasn't led them to winning. Right. They made I, the right decision statistically. It's,
1: it's it's taking the human element out of the decision making process, which is kind of where this game and I think a lot of sports are going is more the analytic side of things. You're relying on a lot of numbers, and like I said, just a lot of anything that's not that's like zero subjective anything right it's just it's pure objective data it's pure objective decision making um that's kind of where the game's going so i'm not at all surprised this happened i'm not at all you know like shocked like why do they i totally get it i get it from a medical perspective i get it from an analytical perspective i understand but i was upset when i saw it and i really wanted this i wanted it so bad for him i think that would have been awesome
2: it's funny because the Dodgers are the one team where you can use their depth, the, the idea of their depth and, and, the, and their 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 roster in, on both sides. You could say, hey, this is a year where you guys poured so much money into a team that is probably one of the greatest M- MLB teams to ever exist, at least in recent years. Why fuck it up by having him, by having him pitch the, the rest of the, the rest of that game on the flip side, you could say we poured so much money into this team. It's so deep that he probably could set out a few games because we have the depth, you know, you could use the same argument. There's no other team. Like if Baltimore, if the Baltimore Orioles, for example, had this same issue, he's finishing that game. Not like 10 times out of 10. No problems. It's Absolutely. because your team's so deep that they're like. Yeah, we're not fucking this up. We have way too much money on the line here. <laughs> yeah, and I think
1: also coming, like I said, a big part of that decision was coming off last year where Kershaw got hurt on, the, on his last start of the year. You know, he wasn't available in the postseason, and that certainly hurt them a lot. Um, so they definitely had that in mind, and they're doing everything that they can to, as possible to keep, make sure that that guy is 100% ready to go for October. Now that like I said, like as James mentioned, there's no guarantee that's going to happen but they're going to at least try you know so i think that's kind of what went into this uh, decision here and it's a tough one it, re- it really is like i i i, I get both uh, both sides i understand people that are upset by it i understand but i i understand why the decision was made so either way it was made so uh Kershaw you know it was awesome to see him i, ho- I hope we can get some like closer to that kind of Kershaw all year dodgers will be golden um, if, if, if he can look like that, I mean, his, his stuff was moving and more than I've seen it in a very, very long time. Like the slider was nasty. The curveball was nasty. His velocity's down, but I think that's expected his age. But I mean, if, 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 if he can control and have that nasty stuff, he's going to ha- have a really good year. If asterisk, he stays healthy, which hopefully he does because you pulled him for a perfect game. So I damn well hope that We see he stays healthy, at least pitches 80% of the season. Let's hope. James says no. He's not thinking that. No but no. We will find out. Um I want to make history instead, man. Yeah, should have. Well, <laughs> we'll see. It's too late now, yeah. I guess, right? Uh, all right. Moving on to my second. Oh, damn. We're got, we're gonna go to a, a I'm gonna focus on a couple teams here that have gotten off to both fast and slow starts. I'm gonna start with the slow start first. The Philadelphia Phillies. This was a team that was expected to compete in the NL East. Uh, going into Monday, I believe they had a three and seven record. Not great um they haven't looked good at pretty much any facet of the game. Their starting pitching has not been good, the hitting has not been good. They've had some really unfortunate base running mistakes a lot, so there's a lot of mental mistakes. Not a lot of good mojo going on in this early part of the season. Um I know I had them selected as a wild card possibility here. Um and this is a deep division, you know. So there's the Mets are looking good, the Braves, I know they're off to kind of a ass eh start, but they're definitely going to be a lot better. Um, so this is going to be a tough division to really compete in. Um, and then on the, also on the flip side, uh, a, a team that's off to a good start, the, the, the Colorado Rockies. Now, a lot of people who know baseball history a lot might roll their eyes at this one because the Colorado Rockies most years get off to really good starts. They're known to get off to hot starts in April and May, and then eventually will cool off, but we still have to talk about them, especially in this NL West where they're sitting, I've been going to money; They were sitting second or, or tied for second place. Yeah. Um, and along with the giants and Dodgers up there, you know, the Padres are kind of off to a start as well. You know, maybe this is a possible fourth team coming into the mix in the NL West and the Rockies are one of those teams that every once in a while will actually have a pretty good com- com- competitive season. It kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, so I think the Rockies overall, they're starting pitching. has actually been really good, which is usually a weakness for them. Their offense hasn't been great. Um, but it's, it's really been led by their starting pitching. But this offense can certainly rake. They, they've, they've got a lot of talent there. So this team could be better even than they're playing so far. Um, so of the two, the Phillies' slow start and the Rockies' fast start, I want to ask you guys, which one are you buying more? Which one do you think is going to hold true for the rest of the season? If, if, if you had to put your money on one, do you put your money on the Rockies having a good competitive winning season or you put your money on the Phillies' shit in the bed and having a losing season and missing the playoffs, James, what do you think?
0: I put more eggs in the basket of the Rockies. I I like what the Rockies are doing right now. And yeah, they lost Trevor Story. That sucks. <laughs> but they added Chris Bryant. I mean, he is doing phenomenally right now. Their top three guys are hitting 300 plus. It's hard to argue that. And he, Charlie Blackman is not yet. Wait till he does. It's going to be there eventually. You had just said that the starting pitching is doing phenomenally for the Rockies. And what what needs to come after that is the hitting and the hitting typically does come a little bit later. And so with that happening, if those two can coincide at the same time, you're looking at a very dangerous squad. Will they make playoffs? Probably not given the division they're in, but they will be competitive more competitive than the Phillies right now. And the Phillies look, eh, I'm not too sure about it, Um, but I think they're going to figure out the way to get back into it. They look, Right now, because, yeah, they've played some pretty hard teams. They played the Mets, who accounted for three of their losses, and they played this really hot Rockies team. Right now, momentum is swinging in the Rockies' favor, and they're looking to poise to take down or win a couple more series before they slow down. Once this hitting comes up to pace and this starting pitching, Jermaine Marquez continues to just dominate. You're looking at a squad that's going to be good. I like it.
1: Trading, same question.
2: Yeah, I'm going to join the Rockies, but I'm actually I I I feel like I'm not really on the same board as you guys cuz their starting pitching's not good. They're 18th. They're eight, they're ranked 18th right now. I mean, it's better than they usually are. Fair, fair, but that was supposed to I mean, I, I mean, I'm re, not saying re, re, they're
1: elite. But reading,
2: reading, reading guys that follow the Rockies more way more than I do. They are. That was actually supposed to be the strong, the strong point and the bullpen in the in the um, offense was supposed to be the problem. And that that's been the, 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 the highlight. That's what I think is so amazing, because if, if this if 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 starting pitching can actually get even get a little bit more um, uh, wind behind them and you can keep this offense and this this uh, bullpen, which has entering today. During yesterday, sorry, had, an, had a one point eight eight ERA. That well, that's the lowest in baseball. Like, that's your bullpen. That's what that you're going in. You're going in there, and then you're going to have a pretty strong, um, pretty strong offense going in. Going in, if you can, if you can, both of which were bottom five, both ball, offense and bullpen were bottom five last year. Now and now they're in the top. They're in the top echelon as of right now. I know it's early, um, but if you can get your starting pitching to 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 get up out of you know and you know b- b- at least bottom half you have a team that can that can make some make some moves and you know I, I agree with james i think the i think the phillies are just in a you know it's it's slow start it's fine that's pump the brakes a little bit but the rockies is pretty incredible w- with it's not what what they've done it's how they're doing it they're doing it against they did it against you guys to start the season yeah. <laughs> they beat you uh and and among other among other uh, um, series so far so yeah i'm i'm pretty impressed so far I like it. Um, Like I said, I just think with the
1: Rockies, it's hard to really tell. Um, Obviously, this team had zero expectations going in, which can work in a team's favor. Um, The Rockies, like I said, in general, it seems like every year they manage to be in the top two in that division after the first month of the season. And then sometimes that fizzles out real quick come June or July and they find themselves in the bottom. Sometimes, for whatever reason, they just have a good year. Uh, like like 2017, they tied the Dodgers for the uh, NL West. Uh, it's weird. It's random. Uh, I feel like that division is going to eat them up. I know they. I know they beat the the uh, Dodgers to open the open up the uh, uh, season. Uh, but I just think that division is is going to be really tough for them to really stay competitive consistently. But I do think that they're better than a lot of people think, and they may play spoiler coming down the stretch. Like they may be the team that beats either the Giants. Padres, Dodgers in that division, that's going to mean something. So I'm not really looking forward to facing these, this, this Rockies team, you know, come September time when we're really trying to win games. Like they're going to be really competitive and they're going to be fun to watch. Um, I don't think they're a playoff team though. Phillies on the other hand um, I'm a little concerned just because it's the starting pitching that I'm a little bit worried about. Um, Aaron Nola, that guy looked like a Cy Young Cannon a couple years ago. He has not found himself and that's a problem. Um, now can he figure it? He, he needs to figure it out. Um, offensively this team's going to hit at some point. I, I have no doubt. They, they have too much talent in, in that lineup. They're, they're going to figure something out. I think they'll clean up those base running mistakes, the defensive mistakes, but I'm a little concerned about the pitching. Um, just because I've seen it now for a couple of years now, Aaron Nola has not looked at like himself. That's, that's worrying me a little bit, one bad year. Okay. Off to another bad start. Again, it's early but I need him to be back to his normal ace self. Um, I know they got a lot of other good starting pitchers on that team. Uh, we, we, we talked about this in the preseason and how their bullpen was pretty bad. We'll see how it. they added some pieces this, this offseason to hopefully bolster that. Um, but their starting pitching. has gotta be better. Like I said, and, and especially in that division where there's a lot of good starting pitching. Um, so I'm a little bit more worried about the Phillies, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, like I said, it's first month of the year. You never know what happened. I mean, the, Frickin' Atlanta Braves had, had a losing record in August and then won the World Series. So it, it, it's a long, long season. We're talking about a couple teams that, you know, play, played 10 games. Uh, we got 150 of them left. So, um, But it's definitely intriguing. There's always a few – like I said, there's always at least one team that surprises people, and there's always at least one team that just absolutely shits the bed. And so far, the early – that's what we're, we're looking at, the Phillies and the Rockies kind of fitting those bills. But we'll kind of see where that heads. Um, last little thing, kind of more, kind of more fun one. Hopefully you guys got to see the video of this. If not, um, I'm going to play the video, um, over my speaker here. So hopefully you guys can hear it. Uh, but this was, uh, the Yankees announcer, uh, John Sterling again, love John Sterling hall of fame, uh, broadcaster. He's fantastic. So this isn't a knock on him or that he's a shitty broadcaster, but this was a really funny moment happens to everybody. Uh, he basically called a home run. That wasn't a home run. Uh, so I'm going to play, for those listening, you, you at least listen to the audio, and then I'm going to kind of recap it on, on what happened here. So I'm going to unplug here, and hopefully you guys can hear this audio version of this home run call. Here's a 1-0.
0: there it goes. Deep left center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. But caught. At the wall. By Tapia. Boy, I thought that was gone. So Stanton got close tap you back to the wall to make the
1: cat. So, that was the video call or uh, audio for those that weren't able to watch it, but just to recap. it, uh, Giancarlo Stanton was up to bat. This dude mashes home runs. There's pretty most of the time when he hits a home run, it's a no doubt about it. No. Oh, oh. No? You disagree?
0: I mean, okay, so the thing Yankee Stadium is smaller, man. Yeah. There's a lot of Giancarlo Stanton's home runs that won't be a home run anywhere else but Yankee Stadium. Oh god, here we go. True, but this guy—so like, I Was that okay. was has some, that the was that of
1: velocity of any player in baseball? Like he hits home runs. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. It, it comes off his bat differently than
2: most guys.
0: He has a line drive home run. That's crazy. Yeah. Was this was this um, video at home? The one he was announcing it. it obviously, yes, was, it was right? at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. So I mean, I get where this guy's coming from. I mean, like yeah. half the time that it looks like it's gone it's not really gone (laughs) yeah, because it's so close. And a lot of his home runs wouldn't have been home runs anywhere else. Yeah. I'll be honest
1: with you. When I, when I was was watching that off the bat, watching it on TV, I thought that ball was gone. Like I thought, Oh, he hit that far because A.G. and Carl Stanton and B everyone behind in, in the fans reacted like it was going to be a home run. And the outfielder was, was going back towards the wall. But as soon as you see the outfielder slow down, you know, Oh, maybe he didn't get all of it. And that's the thing with like, when when you're an announcer, that should be something that you know how to judge that call. Like when 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 a, when a guy hits a a fly ball toward, towards the outfield, you're not looking at the ball, you're 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 looking at the outfielder because that's going to tell you whether or not that ball is going out or not. If that outfielder is going back in the ball, he starts slowing down, he starts to camp under it and put his glove up, probably didn't make it, which is exactly what Tapia did. Now Tapia was a little bit nonchalant about it, which probably fooled John Sterling a, a, a little bit there, but nonetheless he still did slow down. Um, Now, if if he doesn't move at all, or if he goes up and starts to kind of just look over his head, like, oh shit, that's gone. Then, you know, it's a home run. Either way, he called it early. It's pretty funny, but trading kind of your thoughts on this funny, not funny. Like what do you got on that?
2: No, no, it's hilarious. This is a guy, this is a guy you hear him on the radio all the time. You know, when you're listening to sports radio, like this is the, this is the voice I've heard this voice before. I didn't know who it was, but I've heard the voice before and, um, it's classic and it's just it's just funny i mean you, you see it you see it all the time i w- the first thing i did was I, I i was prepared to go off and i was and i say that because i thought that maybe he wasn't there and he was brought like he would you know how it, during covid they, a lot yeah. of the announcers have had done things that would have been home. different that would have been a different uh, and different i would i would i would have sounded off on on everything i would have just sounded off and said yankees pull your heads out of your asses there's no fucking reason you should not be there blah 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 he was there. So it makes it good. It's fine. Yeah. Um, because guess because that is actually a problem, but, um, you know, it, it happens, you know, I don't, I, I think it's funny. I mean, I see it all the time in um, you see it all the time in, uh, you know, in all these sports. So it's not, it's not, you know, it's not yeah, surprising.
1: Exactly. It, it, it was definitely pretty funny. You, you do see it sometimes where announcers will get hyped up as the ball is going. And they're like, Oh, just kidding. It got caught. But the fact that he actually called it a home run to me was just like hilarious like you know so it was uh you don't see that happen very often uh but like i said not a knock on, on john sterling he's he's one of the best to ever do it uh but just had one of those moments i mean he's, he's called thousands and thousands of baseball games you're gonna goof up sometimes everybody does it uh but it made for some nice laughs so hopefully everyone got a little giggle out of it uh but yeah that's what i got for mlb this week guys uh, we will have a city connect jersey rating Next week, I believe the Astros wore them today, so we got it in a little bit late. But next week, I promise you, we will have that City Connect jersey for you and more baseball stuff as we as we keep rolling around. Um, James, I know you you said you've been watching a lot more baseball lately, uh, so that's awesome. So if everyone else that listens to this podcast has been tuning in, either their, their favorite teams or other teams that they don't know about. Uh, but yeah, baseball's back and it's awesome. So
0: thanks, James. Baseball back, and it is very awesome. Tyler said he promises to bring the Astros stuff next week. I wouldn't trust his promises. I asked him to <laughs> bet for me in Vegas, but he lost my money in Vegas. Therefore, he couldn't be yeah. back. <laughs> Todd, thank you very much for MLB. Oh, damn, I was going to take a quick break. And I didn't return. It's almost playoff time in the NHL. Train's going to tell us all about it. Kind of. Ish. Kind of. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Uh, as I mentioned before, James is going to talk about some playoff NHL stuff, but really he's going to talk about teams that have been eliminated thus far, but there's only two of them, and so he's going to fill the void with some stuff because there's a lot of stuff going on. Those are his words exactly. Shaden, take it away.
2: Those, those were my words. Impressive. <laughs> um, <laughs> th- thanks, James. Look, uh, first, this is uh, the, the, the East has been completely you know, every playoff spot has been, has been accounted for. We're just, we're just kind of vying for spots at this point. So um, quickly let's do, let's talk about the two teams that were eliminated before we kind of look around the, the, um, the, the standings and kind of figure out, kind of have an idea of where everything's going to, going to lay out or uh, play out. Um, starting with the Columbus blue jackets, um, the Columbus blue jackets were eliminated. Um, seems like special teams was a, was a main reason, but this guy's got a lot of young players um, through the pike. Two first-round picks in 2022 provide a a nice, a nice future for this team. Um, but at the end of the day, you know that this team this team set a record for most goals allowed in a single season. They gave 272 and 74 games. That's four fewer than the 276 they allowed in 82 in 80, 82 games back in 2005, 2006. And their goalies have a combined 900 save percentage. That's not not good at all. Um, yeah, they had, a, they, I mean, again, what, what, what you see kind of a common theme is once you, once you kind of hit too, too many skids, it, it's just too, it's just, you're too far out. And we saw blue jackets, you know, lost Seth Jones. Um, I mean, yeah, they signed Zach um, uh, but they had to, <laughs> I mean, there's, there would have been absolutely no one, but the impressive part for me guys is, you know, the Columbus blue jackets, you know, got out with 76 points. And, you know, they, they won 35 games, lost 36. So nearly, nearly 500, 500 season. Um, I, I guess I want to start with you, Tyler. I mean, how, how are we feeling about Columbus Blue Jackets going into this off season? Do you think, do you think that they're at all close or, you know, or, or are, are you buying into the young prospects, the, the draft capital they have? And do you think that they're going to be back in, you know, at least not, maybe not um, cup contention, but playoff contention come two years from now?
1: I think two years is a pretty realistic timeline for uh, the Blue Jackets. Uh, like I said, they, they've they've got they're building a good young core. Um, I think that they will eventually, you know, start creeping their way back into that uh, Eastern Conference uh, uh, conversation. Obviously, you know, maybe a little bit better than expected this year um, after they kind of blew up the whole team and kind of started uh, re- re- resetting everything. I think this Columbus Blue Jackets organization as a whole is a really good, well-run organization, I think, compared to a lot of other teams in the Eastern Conference. So that gives me hope. I think they have the right people leading this group. A lot, I, th- I think they've, they've got good GMs. They think they've got good coaches, just good owners that want this team to do well. Great fan base there in Columbus that, that wants this team to win. Um, so I think that they will, I think two, two to three year timeline, I think they'll be back being competitive. Um, like I said, they, they, they got a good, a lot of good young talent and they're going to draft even more. Um, so it, it, it's going to take some time, you know, just like a, any kind of rebuild does. Um, but I, like I said, what gives me confidence is the leadership that's in place there and the system that's in place in Columbus, I think will succeed. You just, you just got to kind of give it time to uh, start heating up.
2: Yeah. I mean. The 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 thing I I guess this is gonna this is gonna drive right into my question for James is I I just I just worry about the fact that you have four goaltenders here between I do over seventy seven games that have a nine hundred save percentage, I mean it doesn't matter how good you are scoring goals you got to be able to keep it out in the net, um and you know Patrick Linea had. A, Pretty, pretty nice season. I mean, 56 points, 56 games. That's, that's pretty damn good. That's what you expect of Patrick lining. And interestingly, he had more assists than goals, which actually I would not have expected. (laughs) I would not have expected that coming from the guy that says, I don't shoot for rebounds. I shoot for goals, which depending on who you are, I thought it was absolutely insane sometimes, but hey, it is what it is. Um, James, I I just want to ask you. I mean, are are you concerned? Like, what do you think it, uh, they're going to do with their goaltending situation? I mean, Elvis Merzlikens, I, you know, did not have the greatest season. Jonas Korpasalo, really bad season, um, and then two other you know newbies. One of them, thirty years old. He's I don't even know where he he must be a per, perennial uh, backup. But what do you think? What do you think this team needs to turn turn around and fix the defensive side of the game?
0: I don't think it's all on the goalies for their poor showing. When you lose Seth Jones, you lose somebody who was eating up 22 to 24 minutes per night defensively and was a good defenseman at that. And I relying on Zach Gawanski to be a one man show. He's coming in here with a lot of inexperienced guys, not first pairing defensive liners, like D-liners. So what are you going to do with that? It's really hard to have the same amount of confidence in your defense when Seth Jones, who is such a solid part of your team, is gone. Somebody who set the culture, he's now gone. And he's playing with the with the Blackhawks. It's it's going to be different. And so, like you had said before, when you were talking about it in this intro, you just hit a couple of skids, and soon enough, all those skids kind of compile and compound. And then towards the end, you're just like, "Fuck it, <laughs> it is what it is, man." Like I'm going to try my best, but we're not going anywhere. We're not making the playoffs. We knew early on that the top eight seeds in the East were set. It was just a matter of where they were going to sit. And so, the Blue Jackets weren't even close at that point. So. What was the point of him giving it its all every single day without the backup that he deserved because the defense wasn't showing out for him to play his best? It's tough mentally to do that and physically. Uh, Merzlikins has had years in the past where he's been great. Corpusalo, the same thing. It's well, it's, I think it's going to take another defense defenseman to come into that team and kind of take over. And I mean, it's it's different now without Tortsik. Torts had a different kind of perspective on defense than, um, what's this guy, What's it? Brad Larson, than Brad Larson is. Uh, I think Brad Larson is more offensively driven than Torts was. And so when you place too much of an emphasis on the offensive end, not the defensive end, your goaltending is going to struggle a little bit. But if you have another strong defensive guy back there to pair with Zach Rwinski or be a second liner, it's going to help your goalies a ton. And so this offseason, if they want to be somewhat competitive and it's going to take them like I I agree with Tyler, it's not going to take them two years. It'll take them a little bit more than that. Um, But if they want to kind of build that culture up defensively, bring a good, solid role playing defenseman in there. up like change the culture defensively and you should have some more progress.
2: Yeah. uh, First of all, I want to I want to. I, I agree with you, James. They need, they need defensive help. They really need defensive help. Um, I want to, I, first of all, I want to tip my hat to Zach Rensky. I mean, 47 points. I mean, I, I compare him to Seth Jones cause that's a good comparison Two not too great teams. Um, I mean, Seth Jones ended up with 49 with one extra more minute um, per game. So um, Zach Renski way to, way to, way to carry the load there. Um, you know, and you know, you, 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 he, he definitely has kind of earned his uh, earned his pay there. What what I do find interesting, though, guys, is they have two first round picks this year, um, assuming that the Chicago Blackhawks do not have a first or second pick. So they're going to have, you know, they're going to. And if it is, then they're going to get the first round pick in 2023 for sure. Um, The thing is, if if the Blue Jackets, the Blue Jackets could either use those two picks or they could we could see them trade and immediately trade up to get a defenseman. And there are a lot of defensemen that are going to be available. And I and and considering where they are, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad option because you're depending on the defenseman that you get. As long as he has, um, as long as he has tenure, as long as he ha- maybe in an RFA situation, um, as long as he's not like a rental, you have a guy that you can help build around with Zach Rensky. I mean, it has to be the right player, but I would not, I would not say that that's out of the out of you know possibilities, uh, out of the realm of possibilities. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. I think that they'll probably, um, do a little bit more building, but considering this team is able to score, considering this team was, was in a fair amount of games, they didn't have a terrible season. Um, one, de- they could be one defenseman away from ha- at least, you know, p- pushing in the right direction and kickstarting the, the rebuild following, um, the loss of, of all the, of Seth Jones and, and company. So, um it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do in the offseason. I would not, I would not, um, say that they won't do it. It's, I do find it unlikely, but who knows? I mean, we've seen some crazier stuff happen in off seasons. Um, the New York Islanders were eliminated. Um, I mean, guys, this team dealt with lots of injuries. Um, imagine this, they couldn't score. I mean, who would have thought that the New York Islanders couldn't fucking score in the most prolific scoring um, year we have ever seen. <laughs> who would have thought that, um, COVID-19 and injuries kind of unraveled this whole situation. Um, as I mentioned, um, they had a slow start. Um, we did, ha- we, we did say that their first 13 games were on the road um, as they were waiting for the arena, but I must, I must point out that a lot of the games that they played were close to home. So they were staying at home. They were staying in their beds. So I, I, I I wanted I'm not trying to downplay that situation, but I'm trying to downplay that situation. That wasn't the problem that you're out of the, that you're that you that you uh that you can't score, that you can't find a way to to win. This is a team that was expected to make the playoffs. We did not do anybody expect um them to miss? I don't think so. Um, we did not expect to see uh, who was it, the Ranger. I mean, are the Rangers were the were the ones that came in and, and the Islanders fell out. I, I mean, I thought there was going to be a little bit closer and it wasn't even close is there's a 26 point difference. Um, James, how do you feel about New York? I mean, they have a, they're kind of, they're they're kind of aging. They have, they have a few UFAs to have to deal with, but I mean, do you chalk this up to a, to a team that needs to restructure or is this blip on the radar?
0: We're all right. Blip on the radar. We're all right. It's a one-off. Not many things could go wrong. I mean, like too many things went wrong at the same time for this team to not gel, for them to not get the momentum they needed to kind of make a push for it. Uh, They've been successful in the past with the same team. You don't just go from being successful, successful, successful to being shit. That doesn't just happen like that, for that to be sustained. It's a blip. What happens then is you go right back up. It's a lot like, you know, stocks nowadays. They go up, they go down, but typically they will always go up. To this year is a down year okay so what yeah sure you should find some scoring go get a forward from uh, be a free agent forward awesome that's gonna be a tiny little bit but as long as barry trotz is there and implementing his system of defense this team's gonna be good it's just a bad year for them and i'm sorry like it is what it, i can't really explain it they just had a bad year they'll be fine next year
2: yeah i mean look it's Sounds like Lou Lamarello general manager has has kind of already talked about this. He's looking for hockey trades this summer. He's looking for he's looking for a way to retool his team. He's not he's not tearing anything down. He's not going to he's not going to sell the farm. He's fucking not because this team doesn't need that. They just need a retooling. And you know hockey trades are true player for player situations and if that means bringing in um bringing in a little bit more offense that that will help kickstart your team. I think that's great. I think that this team is, is just uh, this maybe gives them a chance to kind of retool extra off season to kind of figure that out. But Tyler, I want to talk about this guy. I want to talk about a guy that probably is not going to get looked at as a, as a Vesna finalist, even though he probably should. Um, Ilya Sorokin probably is the greatest goaltender right now, right now. Now except for shish i'm not i don't want to like step on his toes because it's just durkin but holy shit Ilya sorokin has established himself as a clear number one goaltender a 927 save percentage and seven shutouts in 48 games um i guess the question is is what do you think that what would you do if you were the islanders to try and help this guy get to the postseason because he can get you there. You just need to score goals. <laughs> like who, who, who I, mean, I mean, or, or is there something else or am I missing something else? Um, are you, and, and also are you comfortable with Varlamov as your second? Um, and, or do you think he's going to be kind of sold off to maybe find some offense?
1: Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, this guy deserves to be on a team that can hopefully get him the playoffs and him be able to shine on, on that level. The Islanders clearly missed the memo of the highest scoring NHL season we've seen in 20 plus years. Uh, they have not been able to do that. And they historically, at least not historically, but the last few, few seasons have not been able to score. They got to figure that out. They just, they'd have to, um, whether, and it has to, it probably has to come through free agency. Like, I don't think there have any guys that developing are going to just all of a sudden show up and just drop 30, 30 goals in a season. Um, the ice anyway. Um, I mean, they, they might have some guys there that can have some good seasons, but I mean, you got to go out. Cause you've consistently shown you can't really score in a league that's consistently scoring more, you're falling behind. So that's worries me a little bit. However, I do agree with James in the sense I do think that this is just oh kind of a one-off weird year for the Islanders. They got off to such a shitty start. And it was like they played pretty well the last half of the season. Like they played more of like a playoff contender the last half of the year. But because they're the start of the season was just so atrociously bad, they just they dug themselves too big of a hole to climb out of. Um so that gives me a little bit of hope that this Islanders team is going to move past this season and we'll be back next year and hopefully compete. But in order for them, not just to compete for a playoff spot, to, but to actually compete for a Stanley cup and to get out of that conference, you've got to freaking find scoring. And I don't, like I said, I don't know where that's going to come from. I've, I don't, I don't know what the pending free agent list looks like off the top of my head, what guys are out there. A, there's gotta be solutions. There always is right. Like if, 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 if you have a goal in mind and you want to win, you got to go out and, 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 and execute that so the defense the goaltending is not the issue it's clearly the scoring it's always been that you don't even like i said you don't even have to have like a a shitload of scoring you just need to have like two or three guys that can put up some points and you're going to be successful because because your goaltender is so great and because that 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 the that defensive scheme is so great i mean you if you can average three goals a game you're probably going to be winning a lot of hockey games as as, as, the, as the islanders
2: yeah i mean i i, I think that's true um though. I also think that the prolific scoring we're seeing, I'm not saying that's one off. I think that we are going to see more scoring than we have maybe last year and beyond, but I don't think we're going to see this again. Uh, I think, I think there are a lot of factors that came into this year, Um, you know, shortened, shortened off season, kind of I I think I, I, and I also think that there's not as many fantastic goaltenders as there used to be guys. I think, I think there's a handful of elite goaltenders, And then there's a bunch of question marks after that, and you're seeing that in the playoffs. And we'll and we'll talk about that when when we actually look at the matchups. But I mean, besides maybe four, maybe five, are you comfortable with any of the? Are you completely comfortable with any single goaltender in the league right now? I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. I have so many question marks beyond because I don't know how they're going to play in the playoffs. I don't even know how Shostak is going to be in the playoffs. Like he's a question mark. Yeah, you know. So. I, I don't know. I, I think, um, I, I think it'll be, an, I think it'll be interesting. I think, I think that the off is going to see the Islanders find some scoring. I think that they're going to, they're, they're going to need to, I, I think when they, when they see what New York's doing, they have the goaltender. I mean, Sorokin's there. Um, I mean, he can be a number one that you just need to score enough goals. I mean, th- you know, that that's, that's the reality of it. Um, they, they scored 53 less goals than Washington and, and they are in the playoffs. Like, what does that tell you? you let they let in, they let in twelve less goals. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> that's what's ridiculous. But um, that that is it for the East. Um, that that's every team that's been eliminated. We we hopefully will be talking. Well, depends on who you ask. Um, if you ask Tyler, hopefully, um, if we will be talking about um, two teams next week, um, and they will be two Pacific teams for sure. Which two? Up until the, before last last night, I thought, and this is rolling into what I want to talk about up until last night. I mean, I guess at like 5 PM, I thought, Holy shit, we, we might have some chaos here. And um, Tyler, personally, I want to play the Kings. I think right now with you guys are just a little bit banged up. I think that you are the easier matchup. No offense. I also want to see a game, but I just think, you know, you guys are not in the same, you you guys have just kind of trailed off because you've lost out. You've had all this stuff. Um, but all of a sudden we saw Vancouver tie the Golden Knights. If Vancouver would have won and you guys would have lost to the Ducks, Vancouver would have been two points out of a playoff spot. Two points out of a playoff spot. I was this close to going on this podcast next week and showing up, James. I was just as much of how big of a fucking idiot he was, but I guess I don't get nine
0: percent, bro.
2: Nine percent. <laughs> They're not there yet. Um, Tyler, how are you feeling going into? the last few games here i mean look you have an 87 87 to 90 chance of making the playoffs if that win was fucking huge and vancouver's loss only getting a point was fucking huge right now vegas is losing that's fucking huge do you think you have this wrapped up or are you a
1: little bit concerned i, I guess i kind of agree with you i was pretty concerned that win against anaheim last night was 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 huge um Look, I was looking at the schedule kind of a month ago, looking at the last little bit. I'm like, hey, where are we at here? And the the Kings kind of went through a bit of a gauntlet a couple weeks ago that I knew was going to be tough when they had to play Calgary, Edmonton, Minnesota, and Colorado, kind of almost all, all in a row there. They played Chicago there in the middle, but pretty much those four teams, which again, these these are teams that we should we need to win against if we're gonna advance in the playoffs. We didn't beat any of them. Um, so that was a little bit rough and that's kind of what caused us to be in this position where we were looking pretty solid there at, at, at that three spot. And then all of a sudden we lose, you know, four out of five games and, you know, Vegas isn't going anywhere, uh, Vancouver isn't going anywhere. You know, now we start getting a little bit nervous, but I look at the last four games of the season. We got Chicago again at home. we got the ducks again at home, which is again, it, that that's good. The ducks are always going to be a tough competition because of that rivalry. Um, but Chicago, you know, uh, Anaheim, and then we have Seattle on the road those should be all winnable games. Like we should win all if, if, if we yes. win those three, we're going to be fine. Yes. Um, then we close the season at Vancouver, which again, could be a really intriguing it could game. Be an amazing. If game. the Kings don't end up winning the next three games, like that could be super intriguing, uh, which you kind of want as a hockey fan. But for me, as a Kings fan, I don't want that. I want to just breeze into Seattle, Vancouver and be like, all right, we're, we're chilling no matter what happens in these games we're we're, we're making the playoffs. So hopefully we take care of business Thursday and Saturday at home against the Blackhawks and Ducks. And we should have no problem beating Seattle. Um, and we'll be fine. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent confident. i I would say I would, I'm about 87% confident, like you said <laughs> at the moment, like I, I feel pretty solid about it, but definitely not hundred percent certain because anything can happen. Um, like I said, there, there are teams there at the bottom that are waiting just for their moment. If you know, and they're, and they're going to finish this round. They're going to, they're, 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 they're coming for us. So like I said, we have to take care of business against these, against these couple teams here at home. I think they will. Um, but yeah, it's, we're not playing super great. I think we're, we're kind of surviving here to kind of finish the year. We'll see what happens. But I mean, uh, like even the, the last few games against, uh, Columbus and Anaheim were one goal games, two to one games. It's been like, it, it's been like, oh, we're just barely hanging on for dear life, but I think we can. And I think we
2: will. Your, your, your win last night, I think did that, um, the Vancouver Canucks have a very hard schedule. They have the Wild, the Flames, the Oilers. They have the Kraken. That's that's who they have in the middle of that. Like that's basically, the, the,
1: that's basically <laughs> what, 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 what we had two weeks ago.
2: Yeah, they're they're playing a Wild team, which is seems seemingly unstoppable. The Flames seemingly unstoppable. I hate to say this on the podcast because I don't like talking about this team. The Oilers right now are unstoppable. Um, the James, I want to ask you. I mean, I, look, I know that you think. I think I think we can agree that LA is making it. in. So let's 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 shift over to uh, unless you have a different take.
0: No, bro, it's, it's okay. wrapped up. It's under the Christmas tree. It's wrapped. All right, it's done. all right.
2: So so we know our play. So we know who's going. Who's making the playoffs? Um, and the and the West. there will there'll be some vying in the wild card, but more than likely, Edmonton's going to play LA. Minnesota's going to play St. Louis. Um, Colorado will play one of D- Dallas and Nashville and Calgary, vice versa. Let's look at the East because the East is a little bit different. Um, Washington is. 27 minutes away from entering the what, what would that be the third metropolitan spot pushing pittsburgh out if you're in new york who would you rather play
0: i would rather play washington uh i <laughs> i've always had my doubts with washington just because they're getting older and older and over he's just straight up just playing offense at this point is he playing defense has he played defense in a while no Uh, But this team has shown its fall from grace, and it hasn't been a great fall from grace. It hasn't been as steep as the fall fall from the Islanders this year. Um, But this is the team that used to run that division. They were up there at the top every single time, and right now they're third, and they were fourth for a while. The Pittsburgh team always going to be competitive when it comes to playoff time, unless you're the Islanders, but they're not playing the Islanders. So what you're looking at now is a team that's always going to be competitive against everybody else and a Washington Capitals team that, as Tyler views his Kings, kind of stumbling and crawling towards the finish line right now. It's an old team that hasn't been restructured or retooled in a while, and they're relying on the same key players as they have been for a while who are just offensively driven and not so much defense. And in this league, in the playoffs, you will have to play some defense. if You want to be successful. So I'd rather play Washington if I was in New York. I, I don't want to mess with Pittsburgh, man. Pittsburgh scares me. That's a,
2: that, that's a good take. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think, he, I, I think that to be honest with you, I think New York has both. I mean, I, I look at, I look at this point, I look at regulation wins, not regulation, any overtime or shootout wins and they're and New York's running the table. I mean, they have 42 versus the, the 34 from both the other teams, which means they're winning like it, overtime in, in, the, in, doesn't happen in playoffs. What I mean is it's not three on three. It's not, it's not cockamimi. It's not bullshit. It's not shootout. You know, it's, it's truly winning in regulation, um, five on five. Um, so I, I, I take a lot of, uh, I take a lot of, um, you know, I, I think that means a lot. So I think New York is going to be fine, but, uh, T- Tyler and James, I want to ask you both. I'm going to start with you, Tyler. We have the Florida Panthers 55, 15 and six for 116 points and the Colorado Avalanche 55, 15 and six at 116 points. They both have, uh, what is that? Uh, four or five, six games left. Who wins the president's trophy?
1: I was just looking at that actually Uh, pretty intriguing there. Uh, I'm going to go with Florida just because I think it's been that kind of year for them. I think they've just had this magical run. um, And they've just, I mean, plus a hundred different gold differential. (laughs) I don't know what the record is. I don't, I don't know if you know, but that's, that's just seeing plus a hundred is insane. I think that they come out with, with the president's trophy for one, for one of two reasons. For the reason I just mentioned, and also because I picked the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup, and in order for them to win the Stanley Cup, they cannot win the Presidents Trophy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's only there's only been one team in the last ten years that was a Presidents Trophy team that won the Stanley Cup. So, yeah. um, stats are not not on your side, James. You're you're shaking your head completely. I hate, you're I hate your head that against President's the team that shame. has eleven straight wins in Florida. Let's talk about Colorado Avalanche.
0: Oh no, I, I agree with Tyler. I agree that the, the Florida Panthers are going to win it. What I was shaking my head about is the whole president's. I hate that president's trophy shit, man. How many times does a, a two seed make it all the way? How many times does a three seed make it all the way? It's it's all divvied up. It's one seed, cool, whatever. It is what it is. But y'all don't look at the other seeds. Does the eight seed make it all the way every single time? No. It's just a seed and it's divvied up among. It's the same shit. Don't give me that president's trophy bullshit, man. Fuck that. All right. What Let's do you talk mean? About- what do you mean? The curse? You don't believe? Yeah, in that? that's so dumb. Okay, there's a curse, but one person's won already, so it's not really a curse, is it? One uh, out of ten, and okay, usually cool. they're many-
2: w- they're losing in the first two rounds, which means how many times the two seed won it?
0: How many times the two seed win it? Well, I don't know, but one but, out of ten, maybe. But the, but this this is, the, this is one is the of best 10.
2: team in the league. But when you go to
0: playoffs, it's completely reset.
2: You're right. You're right. And I think, but what I'm, well, I guess the point is, I guess that's the point is. Like you don't need to be the best team in the regular in regular season. You don't,
0: right? But it's it not doesn't necessarily help. a Curse it, just yeah. I guess it doesn't. Maybe it's just for that's its why goal.
2: that's why Tampa Bay's like sitting on their ass because they don't give a fuck.
0: Yeah, but anyway, or is it fatigue? I don't know. You tell me. Your power rankings say that. Yeah, yeah, I read them. Could be <laughs> before I post them every time. <laughs> Could be. Uh, but so you agree with you agree with Tyler? With I do agree, with Tyler. Uh, the reason <laughs> being is that. Florida has had a clear signaling of going on. they made trade acquisition day accusi- acquisi- acquisitions like uh, Claude Giroux and like big names to like signal, we're going for it, let's go, 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 as opposed to Colorado, who's just been steadily good for the last couple of years. Um, and so with having that new signaling of we're going now, that kind of lets a fire under your you ass to continue performing at a very high level to win every single game because that's what you're brought there to do, as opposed to the Avalanche, who are kind of just like, We've been here. We've done that. We won this last year. So let's just keep doing what we're doing. So that's the reason why I have Florida getting the president's trophy over Colorado.
2: Ah, <sighs> This is this is an intriguing one. I mean, I really don't care. It doesn't really matter to me, but I, I, um, but it, but it is interesting. I know, I know we have a buddy who listens to this that has Colorado winning the cup along with Tyler. Um, I don't Who's know that? yet. Uh, that's Matt, Matt Rivera. Thinks that Colorado is going all the way. So um, um, I don't know guys. I mean, again, I don't really care. It's just intriguing next week. We're going to have a lot. I think, I feel like we're gonna have a lot to talk about. We're probably going to be talking about at least one of the two teams we've mentioned, which is either going to be Vegas or um, Vancouver. We're going to see a little bit of change in the standings. Um, we, We could even see Boston take in a third Atlantic spot, which means they would play Toronto, which is a, you know, original six matchup, which will be very interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think. This, this season's a little bit hectic. Uh, It's a little bit crazy and we all love it. Um, stay tuned to my last week's power rankings. I have one more week left. Um, and by then we will be games away from ending the regular season and it 32 will quickly become 16 as we go try to crown a Stanley cup champion. That's all I got.
0: Wow. As uh, so I mentioned, there's kind of like six to five or four games left for some of these teams. So the end of the season is coming pretty quick. And I wonder if that podcast is going to go from 32 teams to 16 teams in playoffs. Interesting question to ask. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we're talking draft the NFL with yours truly. See you soon. Welcome back, everybody. And now for the segment you've all been waiting for, which is, you know, why it's last. We got the NFL draft. We're going picks 21 to 11 today. Uh, today I had some, got some pretty sad news. Um, I'm pretty sure every 49ers fan got some pretty sad news. Debo Samuel wanted a trade. That sucks. Bummer. But with that, if the Niners do trade him, they're probably going to trade him soon. And for draft picks, preferably in the first round, so we're probably going to see some shake up here. So there's no way at this point we're going to be hundred percent correct. So we're just going to try our best and do our thing here. Cause not all of these teams are going to trade. Hopefully. Um, but we're just going to get right into it with 21. We have the new England Patriots trading. Who are they drafting? Um, I, I, I think,
2: I think Bill Belichick is not going to pass up a uh, defensive back right here. And he's going to, he's going to take Andrew Booth jr. Um, I, I I just think that while they need a re, a receiver, uh, is it? I believe Mac Jones. No, yeah, Mac Jones is a is a quarterback. I mixed yes, up yes. To him. Yeah, it's Mac Jones. I knew I was right. Um, <laughs> I, I just think that Bill Belichick is going to want to keep you know keep keep that defensive prowess developed, um, and you know th- this guy from Clemson uh, it, it is a guy that I think will be able to um, to, to 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 work in his scheme, and um, I just I just think he won't be able to pass that up.
0: Tyler, who are they drafting?
1: I agree with uh, trading with them picking, up, picking a, a defensive back, but I'm going to go with uh, Kyrie Elam out of Florida. Uh, they got to replace JC Jackson. Um, I like this kid a lot. I think he's got really good potential. Um, I don't know if I, I probably butchered that first name, but
0: Kyrie? Uh, Kyrie?
1: Yeah, sounds about right K-A? to me. Kyrie?
0: Yippee Kyrie. At 21 for myself, I have him picking a. Defensive player, not a defensive back, but a linebacker. Hmm. Devin Lloyd out of Utah, which I think Traden had picked that like I don't know twenty three, maybe. Uh, the reason why I have him a, a linebacker may picked at twenty one by the Patriots is because Dante Hightower is now a free agent, and they just released Kyle Van Noy. The Patriots linebacker is kind of the key to the defensive system. It's what Bill, but Bill Belichick loves. If he has a good linebacker, he has a good defense, and so they got to pick somebody up with two guys leaving. He's a tall, rangy linebacker. He can play inside or outside, wherever you need him to play. 14 games, 110 tackles, 22 tackles for loss, and eight sacks as a linebacker. This dude is good. Moving on to pick number 20, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tyler, who are they picking?
1: Um, I got them going with the quarterback here, uh, Malik Willis, out of Liberty. Um, they got a search for a new franchise QB after Ben Roethlisberger retired. Uh, they're going to continue doing that through, through the draft. Um, I like this kid a lot from, from Liberty of all places, but, uh, Malik Willis out of Liberty. Trade.
2: I like offensive lineman Kenyon green from Texas AM. Um, he, he's, he played, he played every position last year, but center. Um, so he's, he's, he's a little bit versatile in that, in that role on the offensive line, um, which is good because they need to revamp that with, if they're going to, if they are going to try and start grooming some quarterbacks. So they're going to take this guy and this, is one of the best guards in, the, in, in this draft class. So take him while he's hot.
0: Tyler, I almost I almost picked a quarterback just like you did, but I think they're going to stick with Mitch Trubisky as much as that pains me to say. They're going to go with a cornerback, not a quarterback in Trent McDuffie because he is the best zone corner in this draft. He didn't allow more than 39 yards per game last season. He only allowed a total of 111 yards and the Steelers defense has honestly kind of fallen off the last couple of years. TJ Watt is a one-man band, but if you can have a good zone cornerback there, kind of make the quarterback think about it a little bit more tj watts numbers will skyrocket moving on to 19 we got the new orleans saints trading
2: oh, i think that i think the saints could use a another um wide receiver and they're gonna they're gonna take uh, to pair with uh with with thomas i think they're gonna take chris olave 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 Olav? Olav. Olav, from ohio state um he's a good route runner um and i just think that his i think that his um his expertise or what they're what they're looking for um, as, as a as a way to pair up with Michael Thomas.
0: Uh, I have him t- picking on the offensive end as well, not a wide receiver, but I have him at, with a tackle. Bernhard Raymond, Ta- a tackle from central Michigan. The Saints lost their starting tackle this offseason, Toronto Armstead. He left in free agency. And so what do you got to do? You got to protect Jameis Winston because this is going to be your guy. You're going to pick a wide receiver at pick 16, because that's what I'm I'm pretty sure about that. And you're gonna they're gonna pick this bro, this guy because he's only allowed ten pressures. This is gonna allow Winston some time to step up and throw the ball deep, which is gonna be great for the offense of New Orleans. Tyler, what are they picking? I do believe that the Saints will address that offensive
1: line need, but not with this particular pick in 19. I think they're gonna go defense here, edge rusher uh, George Karalaptis out of Purdue. Uh, I think they're gonna add to that defensive depth. I think they've already got a pretty solid defensive core there, but they're going to keep adding there, keep adding playmakers uh, to add, to to, to really w- keep that defense more well-rounded. Um, so I'm going to go defense with their 19th pick.
0: Hey, just a quick question. Do you think that the Saints have a good wide receiver, a big-name wide receiver?
1: Yeah. On their
0: team? What's yeah. his name? Thomas, Michael Thomas.
1: There we go. I'm proud of you.
0: Yeah, Moving on to 18 here. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, Tyler's favorite team of all time. Even Woo! though he has an L.A. hat on there. Weirdo. Who are they picking at 18, my guy? All
1: right. At 18, uh, both of the picks that they have in, in the first round, they're going to address needs. They're pretty much classic needs. They always do. Uh, but for this, at 18, I actually think they're going to go wide receiver here again. I know they went wide receiver last year. But help me out. They're going to go Drake London, wide receiver at USC.
0: He's <laughs> not fun at 18.
1: Uh, okay. In my draft, he is. They're going to pick him up. He's more, he's more of a physical red zone threat. They don't really have that. They got the speedy guys, that, the talented guys that are, going to, that, are going get, that are going to get you down the field. They need a wide receiver and a, a, a guy that, that can really uh, be a red zone threat for them. I, I think that's a big need for them. Um, so I think they're going to go Drake London, their eighteen.
0: You know they have Dallas Goddard, who's a red zone threat, right? You can't time. just have one. <laughs> you can't just have one receiver you need no. more
2: <laughs> the eagles just like everyone else in their grandmother has taken a wide receiver uh but not oh the God. receiver that tyler mentioned it is jameson williams from alabama um i think i think that his smooth route running he might be the next tiger kill i don't know it's just like random but he could be uh um, like random and so uh and so i uh, you know what I I, I I think that I think that everyone is going to pick up a wide receiver because you need to, and that and you never
0: have too many. The thing I don't like about Jamison Williams is that he's a speedster, and that's exactly what you have with uh, Devontae Smith. So that's kind of tough to pair those two guys on. Or it's a nice call. what it paint. is.
2: You have two speedy guys, not one. If Jalen
0: Hurts can throw deep. Double speed. Close. Double speed. Speed times two. Um, <laughs> time. In my opinion. I'm on defense. They're going to pick Jordan Davis. Big dude. This guy's massive. A defensive lineman out of Georgia. Uh, Fletcher Cox is getting old, and he's not going to be able to play every single snap. So what you're going to do, you're going to figure out a guy that can kind of replace him over time and learn from him. Jordan Davis is that guy. He can single-handedly dictate the run game because he's so big and can hold two people at once. That's it. He's he's a massive human being. This guy's crazy. Number 17, the Los Angeles Chargers. Chayden, who are they picking?
2: My say almost said san diego my los angeles chargers are taking jordan davis before before the eagles do and you know why because the chargers are going all in on their fucking defense and they are going to be so fucking good oh i'm so fucking excited he's he is he's gonna he's gonna be just he's gonna fit in perfectly with that defense that is just continuing to be built and built and built and watch out afc west because the
0: chargers are coming Honestly, that'd be so scary. Having Jordan Davis in the middle of Melvin Ingram, not Melvin Ingram, uh, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, scary sight. <laughs> Tyler, who are they picking?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think the Chargers are going to go defense here. I think they've already built a solid defense. I think they need a little bit more uh, depth at their pass protection. I think they're going to go Trevor Penning tackle out of Northern Iowa. Uh, they need to help that pass protection protect your quarterback. Make it happen. I agree. I think the charges are coming this year. And I think that I think offensive line helps is really gonna help them out. Hey guys, I learned a
0: word a couple you know episodes ago, and I'm gonna use it right now. Ditto. I'm gonna <laughs> use Ditto. <laughs> ditto. Tyler, spot on, bro. I'm gonna go with the same thing. Trevor Penny tackle Northern Iowa. The rich kept keep getting richer. They were the team that had the biggest jump in O line. Uh, efficiency, and they're going to continue to build on that to make sure that Justin Herbert never ever gets touched or hurt, because that's your future. At number sixteen, the New Orleans Saints once again. Tyler, who are they picking?
1: All right, here they're going to go offensive tackle. Um, they're going to go Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. Gotta help that. Uh, gotta help that pass protection as well. I think here for the Saints, um, I think they're going to go there early instead of later in the draft. And they're going to uh, go with Charles
0: Cross here. So you and I definitely flip-flopped because last time you had a wide receiver and at 16 for the New Orleans Saints. For the Saints? Yeah. That you had, what's this, Drake London? No, that was for Eagles. Oh, damn, you're right. My bad. That's not me. But I do have a wide receiver in this case. Jameson Williams, the next Tyree Kill, maybe. I don't know, just thinking. Quotes from trading from, you know, two minutes ago. (laughs) Uh, New Orleans Saints need somebody to compliment Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas likes running routes that are short and slanty. Slant. <laughs> Jameson Williams runs straight <laughs> straight, and he runs really, really fast. He's like Jerry Judy on like 1.5 times speed. Um, he honestly, he won't be available at the beginning of the season because he tore his ACL last season. Um, but when he gets ready, he will be fast and he will be good. And Jam- James Winston throws deep really well. So who are you going to hit deep if you don't have anybody to hit deep? You have Jameson Williams now who can just run straight different trading who do you have there is a reason that the saints
2: traded up or traded to get this pick and it's to get a quarterback that they can groom um they're gonna they're gonna take matt corral from old miss the guy can get the ball out quick that's great for alvin well uh, what's is alvin kamara gonna be i don't know where alvin is the alvin kamara gonna play yeah I wouldn't play uh well he got arrested so i don't know how oh, he happened. got arrested
0: so maybe he might not play well, that's why don't well,
2: play. I don't know what that. I don't know what the deal is. You could, you could still be. Deshaun dealing. Watson got twenty two criminal charges placed against him. He's fair, still on track. To play. Fair enough. Well, he, I don't know if he's still he got arrested.
1: Dealing. He didn't gamble fifteen bucks
2: on a big on a game the other day. Fair enough. Uh, and <laughs> and you know th- that makes Michael Thomas better. Look, I don't. I don't think he's going to start. Obviously, but I think this gives. I think this gives the Saints a year to groom this guy before he can take over and be the quarterback.
0: At number 15, Ch- Tyler's favorite team, once again, the it's Philadelphia cool. Eagles. Who are they picking? Traden. All
1: right. Another classic. Oh, Tyler, oh sorry. Cool My no, bad. No, you're already there? This sorry. is your team? My bad. Uh, <laughs> it is your bad. It is, yeah. Uh, another classic uh, weakness in Philly. It's always a weakness, is their secondary. They're going to go secondary here again. Uh, they're going to go Derek Stingley Jr., defensive back out of LSU. Uh, they need to add depth there. Get ahead of it, man. You can never. Ha- they they need to figure that out. They 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 need to shore up that 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 spot in, in in their team. I like Derek Derek Stingley here. I think he's a very talented defensive back there from LSU. I think that's where the Eagles will pick there at fourteen or fifteen. It, sorry,
0: it's crazy to me how you have know, some of the top guys like Drake London and Derek Stingley Jr. Are dropping so far down. But to me, I I'm going to address their secondary as well. I'm going to go safety. Props to Eric over here. Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. He's probably the best safety in the draft, but he falls because his 40 time was 4.7. And as a safety, you don't want it to be that slow. You're looking like 4.5, maybe 4.4, maybe. 4.7, he drops to 15 because of that. He's a high impact player. He has great play recognition skills, doesn't miss tackles, knows where the ball is going at all times. He is the best safety in this draft, but because of his 40 time, he will he will drop. Train.
2: After 43 long years the Philadelphia Eagles will finally draft a linebacker in the first round. And that's going to be Devin Lloyd from Utah. They need pass rushing. They need pass rushing. And he is going to be that guy they, they have any, how can you not have drafted this, this type of player over 43 years? No, like it's a wonder why they even got to be as good as they were like four years ago. Devin
0: Lloyd it is. Moving on to number 14, the Baltimore Ravens trading where they picking? um jermaine johnston from
2: florida state um another pass rusher um and i think this is exactly what the ravens need uh they they that's all that's it he I, that's it they they, <laughs> they need they need that's it i don't even know i don't even know you know they they need they need ability to 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 uh to rush that r- rush that um pass and this is a rush guy that, that you can pass. bring in and, and you can um and you can get him
0: going so I don't know why I rushed that pass. It's just so funny to me. got to rush no that one pass. Never said yeah. that. No one's ever yeah, said that. Nobody, That's a new thing. combination of words. <laughs> Tyler.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Jordan Davis, the defensive line of Georgia, that either you or Jaden had earlier. I think he's going to uh, pick here. He's going to get picked up here by the Ravens. I think he's a perfect fit in Baltimore. I think he's that stereotypical defensive lineman um, that is big. He's athletic. He's scary. Uh, he's going to fit right into that Baltimore defense. Uh, So I think they're going to go Jordan Davis here.
0: Uh, I have them picking Tyler Lindenbaum center out of Iowa. Wow. Yeah. You had him. I know you had him way down, way, way down there. Uh, But I think he gets picked early. The reason being is that ever since uh, Michael Yanda and some of the centers from the Baltimore Ravens retired, they haven't had a steady center who's been good. And typically what anchors your run game is your center. You have a good center, you have a good run game. The Baltimore Ravens are a running team that you can't really argue that. They run with their quarterback, they're running with their wide wide receivers and their running backs, sometimes their tight ends. They haven't had a good, solid center in years. So, what do you do? Draft this guy. Um, He's the highest graded center in the college football era, college football ever, ever, ever since this has been rated. He is the best center to ever come across college football, according to ratings. And so when you come across this guy and he's he's available this early, take him, especially if you need a center, which the Ravens do. Moving on to 13, the Houston Texans. Tyler, who are they drafting?
1: Uh, The Houston Texans are going to go with Travis Jones, defensive lineman out of UConn. I think the Texans are going to build through the trenches here in this draft. Uh, They're going to go with the defensive line here. I like this guy a lot, big physical guy. I think he's going to help Houston out a lot
2: there. Traden. This is going to be a third – Uh, A third pass rusher that's going to be picked in a row. Um, Trayvon Walker from Georgia is going to be picked by the, by the Texans who are continuing to build up the pass rush. Um, He can, he can, he can line up on the edge and he can line up and be dominated down the, um, on the interior side too. So I think he's a pure ball rusher. And I think that that's exactly what um, the Texans are needing as they build that uh, as they build that line out. So that's what we got.
0: Yeah. Trayvon Walker is a consensus top five pick. Most small drafts I mean, I mean, that, that may be
2: true, but just like you said, <laughs> out of your mouth last week, this is the most shit show draft ever of all time. So.
0: OK, so that's it. why Lindenbaum going to go way down there. Oh, my God. I respect it. Uh, <laughs> the Houston Texans have a lot of these. This is a team that's destined to be a terrible team for a long, long time. So how do you build a team? You start with the line. and In this case, I'm going to go offensive line. I think they're going to take Charlie Charles Cross, Texas out of Mississippi State. With a lot of holes you got to fill, just got to pick one. And honestly, this guy, build your offensive line, get some offense, get people out there to watch your games because you're not going to do anything else. Houston, Texas, y'all suck. Moving on to number 12, Minnesota Vikings. Who are they picking? Uh, Cornerback Derek
2: Stingley Jr. from LSU. This is a guy who's going to be able to learn under Patrick Peterson and help out a defense um, that allowed the fourth most passing yards in 2021. That's bad. Um, and, he, and he can start immediately. So um, as long as he stay healthy,
0: you're going to help your team. I also want defensive side of the ball here, but I want an edge rusher. Jermaine Johnson, the second out of Florida State. The Vikings have some pretty good defensive ends right now, but they're getting old and they have a lot of injury concerns. Daniil Hunter and Zedaria Smith. Hunter has had injury concerns the last two seasons, and Smith is coming off a of major back surgery. This is a team that's going to be playoff bound it's going to be competing for a playoff spot who typically has a really good defense. He's just, he's a three down player. He's long, physical, tenacious. Like this is the kind of guy you want in a defensive line. Tyler. Uh,
1: I also win defense, but I'm going to go with linebacker here. I'm the, they're going to go Quay Walker out of Georgia. Um, like I said, as James mentioned, their defense is getting a little bit older. I think they can add, they can benefit from some youth, some, some young defensive playmakers um, on this team. I think they desperately need that. Uh, in, in, in order to compete. Uh, so if you're here at number 12, they're going to linebacker Quay Walker out of Georgia.
0: At number 11, our very last pick for this segment, the Washington Commanders, the commies. Tyler, <laughs> who are they picking?
1: Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame, which James, you had earlier with the Eagles. I think he's going pick, to get picked early here with the with the Commandos. Uh, they're <laughs> going to <laughs> add some <laughs> defensive depth to compete for the playoffs. Um like I said, I think you know they they traded for Carson Wentz. They're obviously trying to trying to push for it. I think they need to to uh, some some secondary depth there. So I'm gonna go Kyle Hamilton. Trading
2: everyone's favorite quarterback, Commie Went uh, Carson Wentz, is gonna need a wide receiver. Uh, it's gonna be Drake London out of USC. Um, he just yeah, I mean that's it. He just <laughs> they just I mean, they're they they're gonna be dealing. They're gonna be- Carson Wentz is. It's, I think it's gonna be a disaster. So they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna give him anything. They're gonna give him anything they can to help him out. And when you when you can pick up a wide receiver um, at this point, you're gonna you're not gonna pass him up. Drake London, it is.
0: Absolutely, I agree with the position, not the player. I have Drake London coming up. They're getting drafted earlier than that. So I have the Washington Commandos <laughs> <laughs> picking Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. Uh as Trade mentioned, you do need a wide receiver because Terry McLaurin is like, I'm not playing for y'all unless I get a new contract. And even if he does play with y'all, don't need another wide receiver because you have nobody else. So pick a wide receiver. Gary Wilson's very fast, elite body control. He... Can maneuver in space really, really well. Um and he has a home run playability. He's like Tyree Kill, kind of almost. I don't know. <laughs> That's gonna be the quote of the day, ladies and gentlemen. And that wraps up my NFL draft segment picks 11 through 22 21 um and it also wraps up episode 94 even though it came a couple days late because of tyler's gambling problem it's here. about it uh, <laughs> we we're glad you stuck around and listened to the entire thing hope you learned a lot hope you have a great day hope you have a good rest of the week and the weekend because now it's close to the weekend we're gonna do that hope you do too see y'all next week